Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, when we talk boys lacrosse is Derryfield AD and boys head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Joe. I still haven't slept yet, but uh, <laughs> part of that was the excitement of the game, and, and part of that is, uh, you know, the school year is still wrapping up, and, um, you know, I'm trying to wrap things up here. I'm getting on a plane to go to San Diego and, and coach Scotland on, on Saturday, so... It's Wednesday right now, trying to get uh, trying to get stuff done, and and uh, yeah, so, so you're we'll going, sleep later. You're going west to coach a team from the east. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I'm just making sure I got that. I've got my, my you do yeah, got you do world, champ- world was, I was gonna say I world gonna, championships in San Diego. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, were you sleeping because you were still you're not sleeping because you were still coming down from from sunday or or is it just uh yeah a lot of combination lot going yeah, on. Yeah. yeah still coming down from still coming down from sunday yeah. quite a quite a night and we'll, we'll get into that but uh yeah well so today we are going to be uh uh recapping the uh three championship games from this past sunday super sunday if you will um and then next week uh we're, we're gonna have an interesting show to wrap up the year as you said you're gonna be uh, a remote on location we, we will have to do a a quick uh, update on what's going on out there uh, as part of the show but next week uh will be our final show for the spring of 2023 uh where we will take a we'll, we'll kind of wrap up some stuff that maybe we didn't get to uh in the last couple weeks to just say goodbye to the season and then uh start taking a look ahead to uh 2024 It'll almost be like full circle, Joe. It'll be like uh, in 2022 when we did the uh, D1 season preview when I was in line for the rock and roller coaster in, <laughs> at, uh, yeah, that's in right, Disney. Yeah, there. yeah so. and I don't. Did you move at all in that line? I don't know. We we uh, were like doing it. We did like an hour show. We did an hour we, show, and I I, and I think we we barely got in the entrance at that point. So, uh, but it did yeah. kill some time. So it was good. <laughs> All right. Well, you can listen to the show at uh, nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Odyssey. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHS Sports. You can send feedback or questions uh, to one of those accounts or by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Now, let me take you a moment to tell. Now, let me. Let's try that again. <laughs> let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at prolaxcustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Uh, you know, before we get uh, started, too, I want to mention uh, talking about schedules uh, in, in case anyone's noticed. You've you're probably or I don't know, maybe no one's noticed. Uh, might be wondering where uh, this week's episode of the season is. Uh, it's coming. Uh, just, uh, uh, you know, you're wrapping up uh, the school year. I'm wrapping up, um, you know, just the, the season in general. I actually ran into someone yesterday who said, oh, you must be must be relaxed now that that all the games are over. And I said, relaxed. The next two weeks are, are maybe even worse because that's, that's what I'm feeling just, right now. Yeah, there's a lot there's of loose so ends to, to tie to, up. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff. It's always great. No one's going to complain when you get to go this deep in the season. And, and you as a reporter, you're always going to go this deep in the season. But um, yeah, it does. Like end of the year with the school year coming, and then to compound it with my travel coming up, there there's a ton of loose ends to, to tie up here. So so the plan is over the next um, I guess 
10 days or so because uh, I'd really like to wrap up everything by the time we get into the uh, the Chad football game is all-star game is next Friday uh, I like to have the spring wrapped up before that fingers crossed uh, so I'll have you know some follow-up stories from the championship games we'll be doing next week's podcast there will actually be two episodes of the season next week to wrap things up uh, two special playoff episodes and uh, Top five games of the year, boys and girls. Uh, you might be able to guess what number one on the boys' side might be. Um, you know, and then uh, the uh, highly anticipated and, and always argued about uh, NHHS sports uh, all-state teams. I, I will be putting those together for Doing next week as well. a freshman team again this year? And a freshman team. That's the hope. All uh, right. Uh, I, I've, you know, I know there were some good freshmen out there. I may have to... Feel like I might have to dig a little deeper this year than than a year ago, um, but uh, yes, there will be uh, so four teams in total: uh, first, second, third, and then a freshman team uh, for both boys and girls, encompassing the entire state. So, any chance any chance we get you to cover the uh, the Vermont New Hampshire all, senior all star game? Uh, is it in Hanover? It at is Hanover. In Hanover. Mm, yeah, tough that's, one. Uh, okay. What what when? It, June twenty uh, June tw- Saturday June twenty fourth uh, three o'clock. So. Mm. Listeners out there, if you want to if you want to see some good lacrosse, we got some of our top uh, seniors going up to play in Hanover against Vermont's top seniors up there. Um, I haven't I, I know the lineup that we chose. I don't know the kids that have confirmed to play in the game, but um, it was an impressive list. There's some there's some serious college talent going up there to play and uh, and hopefully hopefully kick Vermont's butt when they get up there. I <laughs> uh, you know I yeah I haven't seen any any um, rosters or anything so. Feel free to will, send, send those to us if you got. If it, I yeah. if I can get it to you, I will. But we the the roster was created, and then the kids had to confirm. And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we're sending a very competitive team yeah. up there. All right. Well, uh, before we get into the games, um, let's go over the uh, the final coaches poll uh, came out earlier on Wednesday. Um, you know, the final top ten teams as voted on by the uh, the co- coaches around the state and and a couple of us media folks. Um, and I think no surprise. Bishop Girton, the number one team, uh, wire to wire, actually wire to wire for the last uh, three years, if I am not mistaken. I believe this is the the 27th straight week that the Cardinals have been the number one team, uh, basically the first poll after COVID all the way through now. And for the most part, with the exception of a couple weeks here and there, they've had all the number one votes. This year they had had every first place vote throughout the season. Uh, So they are, are number one. Then we had a tie at number two. Uh, which I found really interesting. Um, so tied at number two with 90 points each, you've got Derryfield and Pinker. Oh, you're flipping a coin. We're going to solve but, it right now. <laughs> heads. It is heads, heads, but you didn't say who got it from Oh, yeah, heads. well, I didn't. Well, well, all right, well so here's what, I, here's what I – if you look, Derryfield's listed first, Pinkerton's listed second, two, three. The reason I did that, Derryfield actually had more second-place votes than – had one more second-place vote than Pinkerton did. So, I figured I'd give put list Derryfield first, and then Pinkerton. So, tied for second though in points. Uh, then you had Portsmouth at number four, uh, Exeter only two points behind at number five, which I guess I think just goes to show c- continues to show us that the separation between those four teams. You know, wouldn't it be fun to have a uh, a little uh, mini playoff between those four? Um, you know. As you know, before everybody runs away for the, the summer and all that, um, but yeah, Exeter five, Bedford, number six, uh, where they've been, I think pretty much the entire year, uh, minus one week, and then the big jump, uh, Merrimack, 
going from ninth to seventh. Seventh, the highest ranking they've had this year. They might have gotten to eight at one point, but definitely nine. Um, you know, after they uh, they knocked off, uh, you know, Bedford in the quarterfinals. And I think um, I meant to double check on this before we started. Merrimack actually was on more ballots than Bedford was. There were a couple people that left Bedford out of their top ten, but Merrimack actually had more votes overall. Hmm. Uh, but Bedford had higher. Yep. Votes. So yep. they, they end up um, ahead of Merrimack. Londonderry at number eight, St. Thomas uh, at number nine, and then Timberlane rounds out the top ten at number ten, and then you had Wyndham and Hoppington, the D3 champs, also getting votes. So I think it's a nice uh, nice dozen teams there. Um, Maybe that's your next venture is a uh, NH, uh, NH High School Sports uh, top ten coaches poll summer tournament. Maybe you get maybe get you everybody to play get together. To play. Oh, that would be uh, – yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, maybe ne- maybe next year. Yeah, I think oh, it's, I think it's a little too. I think it's a little right. too late to try right to get that, that uh, get that in the works for this year. Um, all right, so yeah, that is your that's your final top ten. Um, you know, want to thank all of the coaches who participate in that uh, year to year. Um, you greatly appreciate it. I'm sure I've annoyed most of you. Uh, throughout the season with uh, with reminders and and questions and all that uh, and you know what if you're a coach listening to this uh, who isn't voting in the poll who would like to vote in the poll in the future feel free to ask um, there you know just send me an email say can I vote in the poll I'll say yes and then there we go <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right, so let's get into these games, and I want to start. We're, we're going to go in the order, uh, like we did last week with our previews. We're going to go in the order of the schedule. So we started the day on Sunday with the D1 championship game, BG versus Pinkerton, uh, round 12, uh, 12th time that they've met in the final. Uh, BG took this one 15-6. And, uh, you know, I texted you something when I got there on Sunday uh, with all my water bottles and my, my, you know, sweating from walking to the car and, and uh, do you remember what I texted you when I said? Uh, I believe that the two teams didn't listen to the podcast last yes, week. They were unprepared. They didn't have the pop-up. No tents. one had pop-up. No one up had tents. pop-up. Tents. We've said it a couple times this year, and I know that in the future, game can you be brutal. you play in the two thirty game, you need to you have need a pop-up, pop-up tent. Uh, there is no shade whatsoever at that fi- on that field at two yeah, thirty in the afternoon. That time of day, the sun is beating right down on those sidelines. Yeah. There, it's a tough. And and you know what the tough part is? It happens every time at this year, right? It it starts to turn to summer, and we've been, you know, we've basically going from winter to summer within a week, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it was just yeah. a week ago. I had put away all my winter clothes, and then it comes back. They're in my car, and then of course, you know, I, right. I will say once the sun goes down, it was a very pleasant evening. It was. But like yeah. At two thirty, at two thirty, it was. It was. It was hot. hot. It was compared. hot. I, I still think it was only probably eighty degrees outside, but it felt it but, felt a but lot that, hotter. That, like, that you're turf, not used to it. You that know? turf, I feel like, gets hot. And then when you have the sun, where, the way sure. the sun is positioned, it it shines off of the bleachers yeah. on the uh, the far side, reflecting back sure. onto the field. I feel like that adds a lot as well. Yeah. Um, you know. So it, it yeah it was hot down there during that game. Um, you know, looking at that score, I, I think, you know, I don't I don't think we're surprised at the final score. I think we were surprised a little bit how we got there, though, especially early early in that game. Or, oh, yeah, early in the game. It was, yeah, I mean, uh, Connor Bouvier scored, I think, a minute, less than a minute into the game to give BG a one nothing lead. And, you know, and I think thinking, my first okay, thought was, here, here we, we go. go. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it didn't go. It, it went Pinkerton's way, I think, after that. You know, BG had maybe a little little sloppy play in there at times, not being able to capitalize on transition. 
um, you know, maybe being a little too aggressive on, on defense at times. Pinkerton gets leads of 2-1 and then 3-2 uh, early in the uh, the second quarter. Um, you know, when you're kind of – and I think uh, at least one of those goals was a man up, maybe two of them, I, I don't remember at the moment, was a man up goal for for Pinkerton. And, and you know, you look at that, and that's that's the blueprint that they needed, you know, in order to have a chance in this game, get BG. Still only a 6-3 lead going into the break. And, and yeah. It was definitely yeah. within striking distance. But, you know, again, probably some of the factor is, you know, the, the we had talked about Pinkerton's, you know, depth. Would they have enough depth, The you know, with the heat and things like that? That I'm sure that didn't help as well with you. It's spending that much energy in the first half trying to, trying to keep that score down. Well, I think you saw some of that start to come into play late in the second quarter, um, you know, that Pinkerton, that the, the 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 uh, temperature, the weather was starting to get to them. Um, you know, being in the road jerseys too, um, just yep. the darker jersey doesn't. Again, that's where the pop up tent comes into play. But yeah, they're up three two early in the second. Um, you know, BG kind of goes on a little run over the rest of the quarter, four nothing. Um, you know, Bouvier scores again to tie it, and then it's Tim Kiley who, you know, he he starts really getting what BG was missing. You know, they'd. Um, like I said, struggled a little bit in transition. He gets some opportunities in transition, finishes on three of them, you know, to get that 6-3 lead. And then what was maybe the biggest um, momentum swing is right before the final minute of the half, uh, Cam Leeds gets called for a slash. Three seconds left. BG just holds on to the ball. You know, face-offs had been, um, you know, eight. I, I had him 8-3 uh, in favor of Pinkerton in the first half. So now you're starting the second half. You're down a man. You don't have the ball uh, because BG's getting possession to start. And when, you know, Bouvier scores, again, a minute less than a minute in. You have four goals in the game. Four goals. Kylie had three. Uh, Aiden Lorendo had three and I think two or three assists. Um, but it goes from 6-3 to 9, you know, or, yeah, 6-3, 7 It just is one of those, like, I, I was standing on the sidelines with, uh, with Alex Hall from the Union Leader. And uh, I said to him when it got to about nine, this is starting to feel like not, you know, how many is right. it going to be? Not, you know, is it going to be BG? Yeah. You know, and in fairness, I, 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 I think Coach Gaudreau did an amazing job this year. I mean, it's a team that, that battled through injuries all season long. I mean, coming in without, without even Matt in this Morrison, game, yeah. without Joey Gallo, it was going to be a tall task. And I, I mean, you never think that way coming in, but like to make it as competitive as they made it in that game and to make BG work the way they did it is a credit to Coach Goudreau and, and, and the great coaching that he did this year and how well prepared he had his guys, you know, defensively and uh, in the goal. And again, I think, you know, if he had had a little bit more at the midfield and, and could get a little bit more scoring, it could have, this game could have been even better in, into the second half. But, you know, when we scrimmaged BG, it was the same thing. I'm not even going to pretend that, we, you know, we, we, we had any shot in that game, but like to be competitive, we also ran out of state. Like they just kept throwing wave after wave of guys out there that were really good. And, um, you know, it was a, I, I think this might be, I, I've seen a lot of Bishop Girton Cardinal teams, and this was one of the deepest and most talented teams I've seen. Absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely one of the deeper ones. Um, you know, and to, to the, you know, the thing about Pinkerton too, it's, it's, even with, you know, they, they could have, like you said, they could have used, you know, those guys who were hurt a little bit more depth. But even to that point, you know, a lot of their offense, th their offense was almost non-existent um, for most of that second half because they just couldn't keep possession. Right. You know, whether it was BG's defense being aggressive and, and forcing turnovers or Pinkerton just, you know, doing silly things with the ball. 
Um, you know, I, I had them with only seven shots in the second half. BG didn't have to make a save. I didn't have them with any saves in the second half. Wow. Because Pinkerton just couldn't get shots. That's incredible yeah. defense. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Um, you know, so that's part of it, too. I mean, as much as they, you know, you didn't expect them to match BG goal for goal, if they're able to capitalize on some of those opportunities, they're sure. keeping it a little bit closer. And we sure. don't get into, you know, running time, you yeah. know, in the second I mean, or you the report, fourth quarter. You reported on it. Coach Cameron kind of anticipated what the game plan was going to be, right? You know, you got to you've got to slow the pace of play down. You got to capitalize and transition. They're going to probably, you know, they're going to play zone. They're going to try and take the air out of the ball. Um, you know, again, credit to the Cardinals for you know knowing their knowing what their potential weaknesses were and not allowing those things to become uh, problems for them in that game there. So. Impressive job by their coaching staff as well. Uh, so this is what three in a row now uh, for BG, and um, and still uh, a bunch of talented to, kids coming up as seniors. Absolutely, next year. yeah. Uh, Twelve, I think overall, which ties uh, Pinkerton for most um, in the state over that, or you know, just since yeah. uh, since the NHIA started sanctioning uh, boys 94, across. Ninety four. Nineteen ninety four was the first year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so potential next year um to maybe break that record um and then come close to to tie in their own record of four in a row uh well five in a row is actually the record that that bg has four was is the second most which a number of uh, still impressive <laughs> yeah a handful of teams have also matched um at this point um but i i would have to say you know we'll get into it a little bit more next week but yeah um some good kids return i mean they lose a lot um but but, but they got a lot. Talent, the, they um, got a lot coming up, up as well. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of good kids that that didn't didn't touch the field a lot in varsity this year for them. <laughs> that will that will next year. Sure. Uh, any other anything else from that game that um, that we didn't mention that uh, you thought was kind of key or, or stood out to you? Um, still thought you know a tremendous year for Cole Frank. Um, yeah. You know, didn't uh, obviously game didn't go the way they wanted to, but you know, um, you know, recently recently named an All American, well deserving, um, had a tremendous year and is going to be. Tremendous player next year too for them, um, but overall I thought uh, you know it was, it was fun to see Division One this year. Really, you know, seeing Merrimack uh, you know rise up the way they did. Uh, you know, Bedford have have a resurgence and, and play as well as they did this season. Um, you know, Londonderry with Coach Wiedenfeld taking over um, and, and doing some good things and, and changing the culture there. Um, just a, a fun fun season overall in Division One. Want to do a little trivia? Sure. Okay. I r reminded myself that I wrote these down when I was talking about how many BG had won in a row there. So they mentioned that they, they their record is five. Other, some other teams have won four. Three is kind of the, the magic number, I feel like. Uh, any guesses to pr the programs that have won three boys lacrosse championships in a row or more? Sure. Um how many name, name, how many how many have I got a name? I can uh, I can think of it. Got, so so there are seven total. Oh, that's uh, more than I thought. Yeah, All we've, right. we just talked about two of them. Cause okay, so, uh, well, I'm sitting with one. Derry Field, uh, Bo, Bedford. So there's three. Yeah, you haven't even named the two um, two obvious ones. Well, okay, Pinkerton and BG. BG. I yep. didn't know. Okay, yep. so there's five There's five yep. right there. Two more. Two um, more. Laconia. Yep. Okay, there's and six. one more. Three in a row. More, more three, recent. Three in a row? Yep. Oh, and Hopkinson. Yes, Hopkinson. There you go. Sorry about There's that. There's your seven. Uh, here's this was a fun. This was an interesting one that I was surprised with. Programs to win titles in multiple divisions. Um, multiple divisions. Well, 
How many? One. Jerry One program. Field? Yep. Really? You guys are the only program to move up or down and win a division title. Hmm. Uh, there have been other programs that have made the finals. Uh, Exeter, Exeter, Kingswood yep. Uh, yep. was in the early days of Division Two, yep. and in D three, uh, Sauhegan was in the D two final one year. Oyster um, River always in Division two? two. Yes, they've been in Division Two. So they were two. never do- okay. No, nope. uh, Hollis Brookline in the oh, final yeah. in three yep. and two, and then Portsmouth one year was in the Division three final. Uh, was, I remember that. That was a great Portsmouth team. Uh, how about um, programs to make the make the finals, not win? but make the finals four or more times in a row. We've already well, got three. We've already Bishop got three. Gert, Bishop yeah. Gerton, Pinkerton. And then and, and Dairyfield. Dairyfield. There's two other teams that didn't – and neither of these teams actually won. I, I know I take that back. I take that back. They didn't win all four, but they won while they were there, but they made it four years in a row, didn't win all four. Uh, Goffstown? No, Goffstown only went two years in a row there. Okay. Or, excuse me, three years in a row. Uh, lost the first two to Bedford and then and then beat your guys in the yep. twenty fifteen. Uh, well, how about Bedford? Is Bedford one of Bedford those only teams? went three or Bedford went three times, won all three won all times. Three. Yeah, um, they did make it another year. There was one year in between. How about Sauhegan? Nope. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah. come out with it. Con- conquered, conquered. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Two thousand early, early two thousand four. Yep. They went three years in a row, lost to Pinkerton. Yep. Went back the next two years, beat Pinkerton, and then beat Sauhegan. The other one is Kearsarge. Yes, Kearsarge went Kearsarge. Uh, four years in a row in Division three from uh, 03 to oh six. Yeah, I think a lot um, of those were against Laconia. Lost the three first yep. three to Laconia. Laconia's three in a row, and then the next year uh, beat Hollis Brookline. And then they were back in the final two years later again in 2009 and beat Monadnock. Yep. So that was so that was just you know one of those things you do when you're supposed to be doing other things and you're like oh let's like let's that. do Good a little trivia, trivia. Right yeah yeah uh, a little interlude there too I think before we get into the uh, the D3 final uh, which was um, you know <laughs> uh, it was a it was it was something um, an entertaining game uh, close game came down to the final moments. Um, Yet Hopkinton getting a seven to four win over Campbell, and I say it was something. Uh, I'm I you know, I say that because just great two defense. Two teams playing really hard, really, really good physical, de- really, really physical, hard. Good, defense, good goaltending. A lot of turnovers. Um, I was you know keeping track of turnovers throughout the game. I think I texted you at one point and said, uh, you, you know, told me fourteen turnovers in, in four like, minutes in like four the first four minutes of the game, Crazy. just going back and forth. Some of that had to be a little bit of nerves too. Nerves early on. You know. um, I thought I had thirty one combined in the first half was what I counted. Um, you know, and and then it seemed like both teams settled in, and you kind of got. I think the game that that was fitting for what Division Three was this year, uh, very heavy on the defense. Um, you know, in two teams that, you know, where you you had some guys that 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 could do things offensively. Of course, Andrew Wilness, uh, the the D three uh, offensive player of the year for Campbell, uh, had three goals in this game, going against the defensive player of the year in Division Three and Stephen Reedy. Um, you know, but uh, for, if you look at Hopkinton, their offense. Uh, seven goals scored by six guys, which is kind of what they were this year. It felt like, you know, especially you know on the run that they went on to the end the, end of the season, they were a team that kind of really needed all of their guys to step up and play together and and you know put in strong performances to get them where they wanted to go. And and you know maybe a team that 
I think when we were talking in early May, I certainly wouldn't have thought if you if you'd have asked us maybe who we thought would be the favorite, they might have been the fifth or sixth team we listed. I, I like we said the other week. I don't think we ever counted. I no, don't think anyone no, ever counted count them, them out. out. But if the way the way that they were playing at the time, you certainly wouldn't have said that they they were the favorites. Um, but I think. You know, we talked about, in quotes, good losses at times, right? Like, I, they weren't getting blown out in those games. And, you know, they were, they were, learning, thing, they were learning things about the, the weaknesses of their team. And, and to Coach Blue, you know, Coach Blue is a very good coach. And he, he was able to make some adjustments and, you know, get his offense going a little bit there. And, and they had a strong defense all season. We were saying, like, it was going to take – I still, you know, I still haven't had a chance to talk to – I still want to know the offensive adjustments he made against Bo um, to, to, be able to, to be able to pull that upset there. After what we, I think we said they scored four they, and they two. They scored six total goals. Yeah, in six goals games. in two games against Bowen, then scored eleven in right. in the semifinals. I mean, remarkable, remarkable turnarounds. You know, you look at their what they did this year. Uh, you know, their law, lo- their five losses in the regular season. Two were against Bow, two were, were against Co Brown. You know, in the first half of the year, um, one by one goal on opening day, and the other by two, and then they lost to Campbell, uh, yeah. four to two during the regular season. Yeah. Um, so I think I mean, teams I think teams like Cole Brown, though, and Coach DePalma and people, you know, they took away watching Hopkins get the final and say, hey, we're not that far away. Like, you know, there were I, I feel like there were a lot of teams like that in Division Three this year that the, were like, hey, we work a little bit harder in the offseason. We get some more guys playing. Like, we could be here next year. You know, so the separation, if anything, if anything <laughs> Hoppington inspired team, sure, teams. Sure, sure. I mean, the separation between, I think, the top teams and – you know the the I mean just look at I mean we had probably one of the bigger upsets I think in in the, on the boys side this year with in the playoffs with Brady taking out Co Brown um, you know and then and then Hopkinson taking out Bo you know in the semifinals uh, a Bo team that hadn't lost a game um, in the regular season you know and then a, a team in Campbell that that a lot of people on the outside probably looked at and said this team lost too much to to get back here um, you know when maybe they were just you know discounting what they were returning on the defensive side. I mean, Campbell's yeah. defense was legit. It was very good. Very senior heavy, too. Uh, I Actually, I, I shouldn't even say that because they, you know, I think the only seniors on that side were, were Ryan Garrett and Goal and, and Jackson uh, Canale. Um, you know, so they're going to return a lot of guys next year. Um, you know, and the, the defense is really what, I mean, you know, I, I joke about the turnovers and the, but that, but both sides played I thought exceptionally well um, defensively were in the spots that they needed to be. And then the goalies, I thought, were both. I mean, they neither one had to make, you know, stand on their heads, um, but they both made critical saves. They did. Uh, you yeah. know, in, in different points. And, and the one that stands out to me, uh, uh, I'm hope, hoping I pronounce his last name, right? Colby Boise from, from Hopkinton, who I found out Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, um, first-time lacrosse player this year he's a soccer goalie who came over from baseball um, before the season started Hopkinton went into the year not knowing who their goalie was going to be he steps in he's got some experience you know playing soccer but there's a big difference between the two uh, you know and if you watched him at times on Sunday you know he made saves but they were very unconventional looking saves but the biggest one he made I thought came um you know, talking about his kick save, the kick save in the second yeah, quarter. I think what Campbell was up two to one. Um, oh, they were Hopkinson was up two to one. Hopkinson was up two. Campbell's to one. in okay. transition, looking to tie it, and he's got you know, uh, yeah. Cruz Sandquist got a wide open look, uh, and he just you know he, you know, no time to think, just kicks the leg out, makes a save. Campbell en- ended up scoring a few minutes later to make it two two, but 
you know, it's 2-2 at half instead of 3-2. You know, you're down 3-2. Uh, in a game like that, that's a that's yeah. a huge momentum swing. Um, you know, so very excited to see. And then he's a junior, too, so, you know, he'll be back another year. Some um, little work in the offseason. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, That's unheard of, though. Most, I, I mean, I, I'm wondering how many teams have won a championship with a first time, like literally a goaltender that's picking up a stick <laughs> in the spring. I mean, who knows? Maybe he took some lessons over the winter, but like basically, has sure. had no sure. prior experience with lacrosse in there. That that's got to be. That, there can't be many. But also, pretty cool story. Yeah, and it, and it certainly helps too. We got to give you know credit to you know guys like Stephen Reedy, sure, um, Cam Bassett, also an All State uh, defensive player for Hopkinton this year um Avery Condon as well um a uh, second team all-state for Hopkinton uh and then uh, you know uh, huge that uh Boise gets second team all-state as a goalie um you know this Amazing. year as well um I don't know any other thoughts on that game um you know before we uh before we <laughs> we move on to uh I don't know we, we could probably do a whole show on the the D2 game huh well, I I told you before the game, you know, I I was sad that one team had to had to lose had to lose that game because both Coach Blue and Coach Knight are are good friends of mine, and and I really respect what they've done with both of those programs. And um, you know, again, probably probably two like you said, probably two teams that you know probably were not favored to come into this. We're not favored. Let's let's be honest, they weren't favored to get back there this season. Um, and I think it's a credit to both the coaches that the job that they did uh, to prepare their guys and get them back there again. And um, you know, I I spoke with Coach Knight afterwards, and and just said, "Hey, man, just just keep grinding. Like they're there. Like they just they. Sometimes you got to get to there. You got to get there first. You got to get that experience, and then the, and then the younger kids underneath. You know, they they know how to react better the next time they get there. Um, you know, I think that was his biggest disappointment. Is he felt like kids tried really hard, but they just they didn't execute the way that he knew that they could throughout the season. And um, you know, but like you said, sometimes you, you got to get in that situation first and gain that experience to get over the get over the top. Yeah, definitely a valuable experience for them. And and like I said, I, I, a lot of guys coming back. Yeah. Uh, next year, um, I mean, obviously, a huge guy to replace two two huge guys to replace on the back end uh, in Garrett and Canali. But um, I, you know, they've got a lot. Uh, you know, the Hirschberger twins both return. Um, Willness uh, on the offensive side. Um, you know, so. I think a lot to like there if you're a you're a Campbell lacrosse fan, despite the disappointment, um, you know, of, of Sunday. Future's bright for sure. Yeah. Well, under the the bright lights Sunday night, we had um, um, I don't know is is it safe? Is it okay to call it an instant classic uh, championship game? Because I think it kind of was. <laughs> I, I was on the right side of it, so yeah, you <laughs> can call it that. So. <laughs> if it was, if it went the other way, and then maybe yeah, it's a little different. Not for me, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, but yeah. like it was. I mean, Joe, it was an incredible. It was incredible game. Um, you know, I'm I'm so proud of my kids because we'll get into it. I mean, sure. There was, uh, I, an amazing amount of momentum swings in that game, but uh, you know we had we had come into that game uh, having really prepared and what we felt that Portsmouth was going to do, what we wanted to do, and I would say for three and a half quarters we were playing like to a T what we wanted to do, and then to Portsmouth credit, uh, incredible gritty effort to get back in that game and and to have us on the ropes, you know, sure. for lack of yeah. a better word. Oh, yeah. I mean. It was it was not looking good. And, I, I, um, I thought you know, at one was, point you guys were toast. Yeah. And uh, so, well, thank you, Joe. Thank You're you welcome. for the vote of confidence. But um, well, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was it was a um, it turned into a twelve round uh, twelve round fight. I and mean, that's why I'm not that's why I'm not in your huddle. I, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> 
Were you wearing your? I hope everyone just has fun T-shirt. Uh, uh, no, no, I, uh, I, yeah, that's gonna. I probably won't wear those until the fall because, uh, yeah, someone, someone let himself go a little bit too much. Those shirts <laughs> don't fit uh, quite as well as I'd like them to. A little too snug. Um, but I mean, you know, the, well, go ahead. I was I, gonna say I thought I thought the way this game started, and I, I know I talked to you about this already. Um, you know, the way it started to me felt like the opposite of what happened in the regular season. Sure. You guys got out to the early lead. It's 2 nothing. They come back. It's 2-1. It's 3-1. It's 3-2. It's, you know, just that back and forth um, where they were chasing you instead of you chasing them in that first game. The only difference was in that second quarter, you caught them in the regular season. I think even went up like 4-3 at one point. Um in this one, you guys extended that lead to 8-4, you know, going into the half. And, and I thought Quinn Sylvia with two huge goals there um, late in the half. Uh, Tate Flint won right before that, too. So a nice, you know, 3-0 run in the last five minutes going into halftime. Lots of momentum. It carried over into the early part of the, the second half. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, things were things were really clicking in terms of, I mean – uh, again, in the regular season matchup, uh, they did some they did some really nice things defensively. Uh, they were controlling the pace of play, and and we worked on those things. And like I said, um, I felt as though the, the guys were very confident coming into the season. You know, knowing that okay, we get some turnovers, we win some faceoffs. Like we know what we want to do offensively, and we're going to be able to execute this time around. And and they did. But I, I will tell you, it did take a tremendous amount of energy. And I will say. Uh, again, credit to Portsmouth to having the energy to, to, to punch back after that. But I, I think it, I think my guys, when we got up ten to four, I think mentally and maybe even I did a little bit, like kind of kind of let their guard down a little bit and and maybe took a breath of air a little too soon. And uh, you know, and um, again, just um, it, it took it a, a, an amazing amount of resolve for them to keep their composure when it just felt like everything was going the wrong way. Um, towards the end of that game, yeah, I, I we said it was kind of an, like what yeah. was gonna what was gonna let Portsmouth back in the game? penalties transition right and what do we do penalties and transition <laughs> it's like holy cow like and you know again I think about things I could have done differently maybe should have taken a timeout a little bit earlier right but every time it was kind of like all right we're okay like we gave up a goal let's just let's get the next ground ball and it just didn't happen and then you know. When did you guys take it? I know you took one, but I, I must have forgot to write they it scored, down. Okay, they, so it was scored, after the eighth goal. They scored goal. after okay. the eighth goal, and right. even my goalie looked at me. Parker looked at me, and he's like, Coach, it's time. Like, we, we need to resettle here, and we're like, yep. And so we did, and then at that point, we, we kind of did right the ship a little bit, but they still they got another one, and it was 10-9 going, in, going into the fourth. And, uh, and I just looked at the kids in the huddle when they came in and said, all right, guys, we still got a lead, but, like, we're in a game. Like, we got we to gotta, we gotta finish this thing off. And um, – you know, uh, you know, again, crazy end, crazy end of the game too. Um, you know, well, they. So I will say, yeah, when it was ten four, I remember looking up and just kind of thinking, like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, um, I and trust then, me, I couldn't either. And then two minutes later, I looked up and it's ten eight, and I thought, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, it's not often that you see, you know, momentum just slam on the brakes, take a hard turn, a 180 turn, and go from one team to the other like that. I mean, I guess that's... It, it caught me by surprise, too, because the way we had been playing defense and how hard Portsmouth had been working for goals. So, I mean, that was kind of why I didn't take a timeout. So I was like, all right, fine, we gave up a quick one. But, like, all right, let's just not give up another quick one, and we'll play defense, and two, three minutes are going to tick off the clock. Fine. But it wasn't happening. No, like they, no. they were They were scoring, and they were scoring fast. Part of it is, like, 
we needed to stay out of the box and they didn't and they were a very good they were a very good man up team this year and they they showed it again um on sunday the yeah man up for sure but also i mean it just i think shows you too just the the greatness of nick smith and and zach amend um yeah. smith winning face-offs getting the ball to amend three of the four goals in that run uh briggs catino with the other one um just and then you mentioned the goal at the end of the quarter in in on maybe one of the crazier plays i think i've ever seen um you know Keegan, re- when that one went in that one really felt I, like it, whoa it, what yeah, is going on yeah. maybe like is this not our day like that's when that it, went off at ethan flanagan and my, my goalie was basically running to back it to up back it up because like, it was ball gonna was miss gonna, it was gonna wide. yeah yeah and and when it hit ethan and rolled in i was like no what is going on right now and they kind of looked at each other and just like did that I've really been, just I, as a goalie i've been there before like you you know like and and things like that happen and and it's just it's diff- it was difficult yeah. but again i I give my guys so much credit for being able to remain calm and just not not let that rattle them. Um, yeah, you, and then they there. they come out and in, in the sec or the fourth quarter and I Portsmouth played. It felt it like felt like about six, six minutes. minutes. Six, like, it, it felt it like somewhere incredible in amount. Of, yeah. Every time we would make a stop and potentially get the ball, it was like there was a push in the back or, or you know something something would happen and it's like man, holy cow, we just got to get the ball, get it down on the offensive end. Um, you know, so again, I. I amazing effort um you know guys like dugan brewer little tyler latiri jared moulton uh max fowler like all those guys really stepped up when we needed to um to to really run some clock and and, and even give us a chance to get to overtime at that point and then and then it's your turn for the crazy goal from uh from alex murray who looks like he's you know out at the driving range taking a shot <laughs> yeah you know hits picks one up off the ground and just I don't know. Scoops it? Is that the right word? Even rolls? I don't it even in? know if he scooped it. Like it was an incredible. Like he knew. He, you know, he was able to get his stick in the right position, and you know, sort of. It, I I remember seeing the ball kind of bounce in the air, and and he did. He just swatted. It's, he just yeah. swatted it and 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 got it and got it in. Uh, give us a little breathing room there, and then um, yep. I again one of the stranger endings of the game. I was feeling pretty good at that point. Like sure, okay. yeah. Uh, I think we went down, and I think Parker made a save, and we were able to get the ball yep. down. And there was about, I would say, about two and a half minutes left, and we were trying to keep it in the box. And uh, so again, I, yeah, I have you, I have you taking a timeout at one fifty four, uh, which I figured that's what it was, is you were taking the timeout to remind the guys um, got to keep it in no, the box. No, I'm going to be honest with you, you. I don't know if you were there. I did not want that timeout. That was not. I was. Oh, I was, was it, with okay. the official. I was with the official on the sideline trying to get his attention, saying. You know, I'm not gonna say his name, but basically, I was I was asked, "Can you hear me? I may use a timeout. I may use a timeout. Hey, can you hear me? I may use a timeout." So he couldn't hear. And you. all he heard was timeout. timeout. And I said, "No, I just wanted a timeout. <laughs> like I don't want a timeout. I was just asking if you could hear me." And he's like, "Sorry." I was like, "Okay, but can't we like not inadvertent whistle yeah, like." Yeah. You know, no, I was, I was like, at the other end of the you know, field, so, so I could I could not hear. Um, it. No, we were definitely trying to kill clock at that point, and and then um, you know we uh, Portsmouth took a page out of our book, put the goalie down on the attack on the attack side of the field, and and put seven seven defensive players down there, and um, were able to you know force us outside the box. They get the ball back, and I'm still thinking, okay, two goal lead, like you know under a minute and Nin- a half. Ninety seven seconds. Ninety seven seconds. Point, yeah. Like we just got to play some good defense here, keep them from scoring quick. What do they do? I think they scored within fifteen seconds. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then even after that, they win the next face. They come down, and we're playing good D. And again, playmakers making plays. I I think Zach Amen must have pinballed off of four different kids like going through there, 
Uh, we felt like we got a good stick check on him. Gets the shot off. Ball hits my goalie's leg. Like, he makes the save, and it puts backspin on it. It's hitting, and I'm watching it sit there, and my defenseman dives for the ball and just can't keep it out of the cage. And we're like, oh, no. What I thought, he, yeah, on? I was like, blocked from, from where yeah. that was because I was a little closer to the goal line. Yeah. So I couldn't – I thought he'd I thought he stopped it. And then when they signaled – He did. He did stop, yeah, he did stop yeah. it, but the backspin on the ball end up, just, ended, up rolling, yeah. ended up rolling in, and my defenseman was just like, I think, half a step away from being able to keep it out. Um and at that point, like, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to yeah, overtime. Yeah, you got to yeah. regroup, and and you got to make a well, you're play. Only, and you're only going to overtime because Parker came back and made, made another save, save after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then the overtime goal. Um, I mean, we t- we've talked about it, you know, uh, already. But you know, who else? <laughs> when the ball ends up on the ground and there's a scrum, who else is going to come out with it this year for you guys? Then. Than Chile, it, it it does not surprise me that Chile got it all. What, I, but I mean, I I just think about you know all the things that us as coaches do have control over, and I remember looking at my assistants when we did get the ball in overtime and go, do we call a timeout right now or do we just let them play? And I've been doing it long enough that like every time it seems like you draw something up, it just doesn't work. And I said, you know, we're gonna let them play right now, and <laughs> it was definitely not what I would have drawn up. Um, you know, in fact, Portsmouth made a very good play. Chile had cut on that play and was open. Um, but they got a good stick check on him and got the ball on the ground. And I just think the randomness of, like, if it pops out two inches in a different direction, Portsmouth might be going the other way with the ball on a fast break, could be game over. Pops out, Chile does it, and, and is able to stick protect and, and get it in a strong hand and stings the top corner with it. And uh, just the euphoria afterwards and, and seeing the kids smile and just, like, um, you know, obviously I was on the winning end of it. Um, but I will say, um, you know, incredibly – proud of my kids but at the same time um i i just need to give a tip of the hat to coach visher and his kids and the way um i've been on that side of it and how painful it is to lose a game like that but to have them come up afterwards and how classy they were after the game i had several kids come up to me and shake my hand and say thank you coach that was an amazing game and and you know just uh look me in the eye and then you know all those kids like it they handled it in a real – I thought they handled it in an amazing way, and I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them and, and their program. You know, and, and there are a lot of coaches in that situation that, that from my from my point of view or my perspective, don't want to talk to me right. or any of the other media, and, and Coach Fisher was willing to stand there yeah. and keep talking. It's just in those moments you, you're so pressed for time. Yep. You know, I think we were all kind of – he's like, I'll keep going. And we said, oh, no, we, no that's, that's – so unfortunately yeah. we couldn't keep going. Um, and we had a nice text exchange yeah, that night too. Yeah. We, you know, we were trading back and forth, and um, you know, again, uh, tremendous amount of respect for him and the, and the program that he runs and his kids. Um, you know, it's a great rivalry, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we can keep it going for many years you, to come. You left out though the second best part of that finish there, outside of the goal, was Chili's celebration. In uh, uh, little little uh, tribute uh, to Ryder Garnsey <laughs> and, and the dead fish celebration at uh, uh, at Notre Dame. I. I knew he was on the ground. Like, I, you know, in playing it back in my mind, I was like, he, he ended up on the ground in the end zone. How did he end? So I went back and watched the video and, and saw the little the, the dead fish uh, jump there. And I couldn't stop laughing. I just I thought that was it's fantastic. so chilly. Yeah, like it's so chilly. Like it's it, it was it's the perfect uh, it, it was perfect <laughs> celebration. I mean, it was like I mean, in that moment to the, the, the think about it. I mean, just uh, that's that. In the thing is, he didn't. Is, they, I mean, and, and the thing is, he didn't. It, it wasn't pre-planned. It wasn't it, like that's just chilly. Like he just loved like and it wasn't it wasn't showboating. It wasn't it was 
pure joy and like he just loves playing the game and he loves being with his teammates and and just to see the smile on his face afterwards and how and again how humble he was after the game too like i you know i i love i really love coaching that kid and then the third best thing was seeing you run down the field again i think i told you the other day i didn't know goalies could run like that <laughs> see i've had the opposite I, I had people tell me it wasn't it wasn't a very good run like it wasn't, oh no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good fast. it wasn't good or fast it was just good to watch oh okay yeah. all right yeah so I you enjoyed, saw a goalie run so you saw a goalie run okay i enjoyed right, watching right. it um uh, but but no i mean you you talk about the you know the 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 smiles on their faces but i think you were in that you you were you know i remember the smile on your face was was pretty good too so i, I, think I took a minute yeah. i challenged the kids in the semifinals to make sure they they took some time to look around and really enjoy the moment because you don't you know you don't want to take for granted that you're going to get another opportunity to be in a situation like that and i remember when the game ended and, I, and i'm glad it happened this way the kids had their moment they stormed the field and i remember just standing there being like wow did this really just happen and i turned around and saw the incredible crowd that portsmouth brought and dairy field brought and just to see all the fans and parents and the smiles and just um, it was it was a pretty cool experience and um, I'm glad I took a second to take it in. There's been some there's been some pretty funny videos that have been shown to me afterwards of, of my reaction and just everything and I don't even care like is it was it was uh, it was authentic and uh, I meant everything of it and I don't care how silly I looked because uh, it was great to be out there with those kids. Uh, like the night game you like having the night game was fun night yeah. games always yeah. night games always fun um you know and i go back and forth on it is i know from your standpoint it's great having all the games be at one venue on one day at, at, at different times i do think it's tough um you know i i remember at the end of our game like we wanted to stay there and celebrate right and i felt bad like the workers at the game were like you could just tell like they're kind of like hey we want to go home like the, but that's and, and but, I think but, about like in in the D one and D three games, well right? Like they're getting rushed off the they field. Will, yeah, and they that's what I was going to say. Yeah, and, um, you, you guys, know, it's like, like that's typically what happens. Right. With the last game, it happens with football games that are there too. Like, like I remember two years ago, the Division one champion football championship game. The Londonderry folks were out there for like an hour. Right. After the game ended, just taking pictures and hanging yeah, out on the field. And, and it's but, hard when you have three games in the same venue like that when you're supposed to be given 30 minutes, 20 minutes to warm up sure. beforehand. Well, they the did, kids are yeah, throwing the, their helmets the, and <laughs> gloves all over the place, and you got to go collect it. And, um, I could see that after the Division One game. I mean, the BG folks are used to having that late game, and they're out there, right, get off the field, get off like, the field. Get get all, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting twist. I don't really know how I feel about it one way or the other. I think I said maybe before that I liked it. I don't know if i i don't know what i like because i i guess it depends on the matchup i guess what i would almost prefer to see happen is i don't know who would be the ones to set this but if when the field is set the games are set if there's any way someone could then schedule the games you know like like if i if i was doing that obviously would have put i mean i think yours with being last was the right was thankfully the right way it played out because that was the the best game of the day you know if there's a year where the D three game looks like it's going to be the best game. Maybe put that one at night. You know, just. But I mean, I, then then it's you end arbitrary up, and you'd have to. You know, it's like arbitrary, and then you then someone gets and, mad that you know, oh, right. you're saying our game isn't as important as this game and right. all that. I, I, which I understand, but I, I I don't know if there is a better way to do it. So I guess I'm okay with them rotating the games. Either rotating the games, or or I know you I know you wouldn't like this, but each you know each division having it you know kind of almost going back to the way we used to do it, where each each division yeah has I its don't own like that I and, don't unless they're going to be on different days or different times uh, different days and times. different times yeah. then that's fine but yeah 
uh, you know that yeah th- if they're all on the same day in different places i'm i <laughs> uh it's very dip- it, yeah. it's it it will definitely hurt the coverage like if you go to your website right now there's amazing coverage of each game right full write-ups of each game it took me I a little think, while uh, but yeah i got them know, all up there I believe the union leader had really good had really good. They had someone at all three all, games. All yep. three games. Um, um, Tom King from the Telegraph was there for two of the games. Yep. Um, I believe the Seacoast folks were. I mean, they don't, Portsmouth was the only Seacoast team in it, but they were there. Monitor was there for some games. Sure. Um, but yeah, you're right. If 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 it would that, go because I I do remember that I I actually remember I I think it was the first championship we were in in 2010 when we played Kingswood. I don't know that there was any media coverage there for that game. I mean, we got some great photos and and stuff and stuff like that. But I, I'm, um, I know and I know D two for a long time too got kind of the short end of the stick. I told you, I, I never, you know, um, I I covered Bedford for the the Telegraph's weekly yeah. papers, and I never saw any of the boys' championship yeah. games because I was covering girls' championships at the same time. So I think I think that's something that you know, uh, hopefully the lacrosse committee, um, you know, considers going forward because that that would be kind of a loss if um, you know if we weren't able to keep that going there. Um, yeah. Other than that, you know, I think it's you know it was. Again, we had a, a couple of different TV crews there, or camera crews there, so that there's video, plenty of video of the games out there. Um, again, a great day overall. Um, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like I was there covering three games. They all went pretty smoothly. Um, no problems afterwards, at least from my end. I, of course, I wasn't going up to the the press box trying to write anything afterwards. In hindsight, maybe I should have, but you know. <laughs> Uh, save myself some time later, but I mean, the only thing I don't like about the night game is that, um, you know, we did, and again, poor, poor us, right? Cry, cry (laughs) for us. But, um, I do remember it like the game gets done so late, right? Like when you have the gathering afterwards, we had all the kids, I I live in the Exeter area and we had the kids over, we had a little bonfire and stuff. Like you didn't get to, you didn't get to really, it got late quick, basically. In other words, you know, like, yeah, that's the only, that's the only downside to it. It seems like maybe a five or six o'clock start, but again, you not everybody, if you'd start everybody at the same time, you're not going to get coverage for everybody. Well, the other thing is um, too, I mean, I like, I like that it doesn't start until two thirty because then it gives me time to get up and kind of sure. get some things done and then start heading out there. But in other sports, you know, one of the other ones I, I cover kind of a lot in the fall field hockey, they have their championship games on a Sunday in the fall. They start at like eleven o'clock, but I'm, I imagine some of that is because it's usually the Sunday after daylight savings, so yep. we're running out of daylight. Um, speaking of running out, I think we are just about out of time for today. Um, unless there's any, unless you got any final thoughts on on any of this, and uh, and if you do, maybe we'll just save them for next week. <laughs> I think I think we'll save most of it next week. I still can't believe that we're here. It's it's you know June fourteenth, and and the season's gone by as quickly as it did. Um, you know, but I, I'm kind of thankful because I am exhausted. So <laughs> <laughs> I may that that flight out to San Diego you're might gonna, go by yeah, really fast. You're sleep I, the I whole think way. I may be sleeping yeah. the whole way out there. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll wrap us up for this week. Don't forget, uh, just just I, I'd say uh, I'm gonna have a schedule on when things are gonna get posted. But honestly, just keep checking, keep refreshing the site. That's uh, that's that, give me some more page views. That'll that'll help things out there. Um, but there'll be a lot coming over the next uh, next ten days or so, uh, trying to wrap up the spring. And of course, one final podcast next week. Uh, excited about that one. Uh, you know, always like to look ahead and try to guess who's Way gonna too be. Way early. Yep. Look ahead. Yep. Always a fun thing to do, I think. All right. Well, uh, Chris, thanks again for doing this. Have a safe flight uh, later this week. And uh, thanks thanks again. Absolutely, Joe. See you next week. He is Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. We'll talk to you one more time next week.